Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Puzzle in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Despite the intro, uh, there's going to be a second topic of today's episode, and that is Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, If you haven't heard yet, and I think this occurred yesterday, they put out an announcement, Rotten Tomatoes has adjusted their criteria to be a critic on their site. And uh, this is an interesting change. This is a change that is going to have a lot of ripple effects and um, wide-reaching adjustments across every movie that is reviewed, every movie that comes out, and uh, the uh, tomato meter therein. And I wanted to talk about, you know, what the changes are, what this might mean, and uh, something like that. So the the goal, at least, is to add a more diverse range of voices to the quote-unquote tomato meter approved critics, okay? That is the the plan here, as uh, uh, what what really the the changes allow is for critics who aren't uh, running their own website, uh, who don't get hundreds of thousands of hits every day, uh, who don't you know, publish in the newspaper or in a magazine or something like that. And beyond that, you know, there, you know, the, there were still hundreds and hundreds of critics that could be, that were approved on Rotten Tomatoes that had, uh, you know, many of, uh, you know, you would see movies like Infinity War, Black Panther, the big stuff, really, you know, 300, 400, 500 Rotten Tomatoes critical reviews and that's a ton that's still a lot you know not to be uh glib but you know that's still a ton of people so now there are so there there are two distinct ways that you can become approved for rotten tomatoes now you can be an individual professional like a film critic or television critic uh and in this instance, your reviews are published onto the website no matter what the, what they're for. So if you're a freelance or if you are a writer for hire, you can publish in this newspaper, that newspaper, a magazine, an online blog, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's your name. You'll be attached to Rotten Tomatoes with your review. The other is a tomato meter approved publication. In this instance, it's websites, it's Uh, Video outlets, newspapers, trade magazines, uh, podcasts even, TV shows, radio programs, etc., 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 where it doesn't matter whose name it is, but, you know, if you are a podcast with three, four, five hosts or a cycling uh, number of hosts who take, you know, different hosts, different day, whatever it is, uh, as long as the review is associated with your podcast, it's approved or, you know, website newspaper, so forth. So what, you know, some of these new modifications, and since this is a podcast, I will focus more on the podcast uh, side of this because I do think this is fascinating. I do think this is a good change, and I I really uh, like this direction that they are heading. Uh, You know, it's not just 
uh, IMDb where every single person can rate a movie, it's still a select view. You still have to reach a bare minimum across a lot of different criteria, but it does allow a lot of new voices, a lot of new people to get their reviews out there and to influence um, more people and and hopefully uh, either, you know, get people to see more movies or get people to check out a wider range of films. So for podcasts specifically, uh, if you want to become a Rotten Tomatoes approved uh, publication as a podcast, you have to have, you have to meet four criteria. And those current criteria are consistent output for a minimum of two years, you must publish at least four episodes per month, once a week at least. You must have at least 200 ratings on iTunes with a minimum score of four stars. And you must demonstrate social media presence and engagement with your audience, uh, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Now, the only one of those four criteria, well, so three of those four criteria are very hard number-based things. Two years minimum, four episodes a month, 200 ratings on iTunes, minimum score four. Demonstrating social media presence, I, I don't know exactly how detailed in depth that requires. Is that, you know, you tweet once a day? Is that you engage in Twitter conversations? Is that you post to Facebook twice a day? I, I don't know if there's a, a real metric you can gauge that, you know, criteria with, but it's there, you know, just, just to make sure that you are... You know, if you are doing this from your apartment, from your basement, or, you know, wherever it's from, that you're not just resigned to yourself. You know, you're not just putting your in this these episodes out and expecting that to be the end of it. You're following up on that. You are including everyone in your podcast. You are reaching out and, and um, allowing for, you know, uh, uh, discussion and debate to take place. Some, that's kind of how I interpret that. The other one criteria that has a little bit of a looser definition, however, is the 200 ratings on iTunes with a minimum score of four stars. Uh, there's an addendum saying podcasts that reach underrepresented groups will also be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. So that being that meaning, you know, if you represent, um, I'm, a, I'm just assuming here that if you're representing uh, a podcast based on women, and women in film, a podcast based on people of color in film, um, uh, LGBTQ, or you know some other faction of of humankind that isn't white male, uh, then you know that probably isn't you know, probably don't need two hundred ratings. Maybe one hundred to be good enough, or one fifty. Uh, so just just to kind of as best as possible figure out a way so that. 90% of Rotten Tomato critics aren't white and male. And I think that this change is going to do that. I think um, not only for the podcast-related version, but, you know, also for the new uh, new criteria that are required for written, uh, written publications, broadcast, video, and uh, for individual critics on a written video basis. So I love this change. I think this is awesome. I think this is going to really change, hopefully move things in a much better direction. There's already an article on Rotten Tomatoes' site itself that show, showcases, you know, a handful of new voices that have been added to the critic community of Rotten Tomatoes already. And that's amazing. I love that. I think, you know, as 
someone who watches a lot of movies as someone who also is white and male, I am well aware that, you know, my opinion on certain films is not quite as, I guess relevant is the right word here. Uh, You know, I think it's an important opinion. I think everyone's opinion on a movie is equally as important. Um, And everyone, especially everyone who who takes the time to really uh, devote uh, their time to reviewing movies on a, you know, regular or semi-regular basis. I think those people have, a, you know, there's there's relevance and importance to their opinion, no matter their skin color or gender or what have you. But for some films, like A Wrinkle in Time, like Crazy Rich Asians, like, you know, films that are specifically not catered to an audience, but at least far more representative of an audience that isn't white and male, I think having those voices is beneficial. And I think, you know, I don't think we should ever get to the point where it's like, well, uh, white critics gave uh, whatever, um, white critics gave Crazy Rich Asians an average rating of 70%, and Asian critics gave Crazy Rich Asians an average of 90%. I think that that's taking things too far, and I don't think that that's going to help any group of people uh, in any way. But I think that allow, and not that that even would be the situation. I think that there's equally as good a chance that someone who is or is not any skin color, any gender, whatever, uh, would just as likely find a movie good or bad. I think you can, you know, you think about it like, Think of critics that existed 100 years ago, or maybe 70 years ago would be easier. You know, in the 1940s, uh, you know, me watching a movie from 1940 right now, completely different connotations and uh, uh, references and understanding than the person watching it 70 years ago had, because they lived at that time, and I don't, you know, and that's... There's so much disconnect there, and there's so much friction between the years and the decades that I can't possibly imagine what it would have been like to see this movie the year it came out in the theater. And to that extent, you know, I no one can really review a, night, a movie from that time period and expect to come across the way that someone from that time period came across. So, to that extent, you know, you can constantly be reevaluating movies, and uh, there are movies that stand the test of time like that. There are movies that reach a wider audience than maybe where it was intended. Uh, but at the end of the day, you want the greatest range of people watching your movie and reviewing your movie and encouraging others to watch your movie. And I think that this change for Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes basically becoming the de facto critic nowadays, you know, you go, you know, what did it get on Rotten Tomatoes? I've been seeing, you know, they use it in commercials, you know, 100% fresh, you know, there's such a big hoopla over Lady Bird last year being at one point the most positively reviewed movie of all time. And, uh... You know, it's a big deal when a 100% rotten fresh movie becomes 99%. 
you know, who was that person? Why did they, you know, give this movie a rotten rating? This, 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 this. You makes you interested to see their opinion, and hopefully, they're doing it authentically and genuinely, and not out of spite, as can be surmised. But uh, that's I don't know. I, I just I'm excited about this change, and furthermore. In how this more 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 so relates to me, uh, as far as the current requirements for the Circle of Film podcast as part of as ever being part of Rotten Tomatoes, uh, two out of the four criteria are met. Uh, this podcast has been going on for about two years now, just about. Um, I publish way more than four episodes a month. Generally, twelve is the average. Uh, oftentimes 13. Uh, however, way off on 200 ratings on iTunes. Uh, really, really far off on that number. I think I checked yesterday when I saw this news come out, uh, six ratings on iTunes, which is fine, which is like four more than the last time I looked. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, long way to go as far as that criteria is concerned. And then for the final uh bullet point demonstrates social media presence and engagement with audience. I try to do that. It's not easy. Uh, I don't like the only social media presence that this has is letterboxd and Twitter. Um, so I guess on letterboxd, I'm fairly communicative and, you know, I do a lot of reviews on letterboxd and everything like that. Twitter, it fluctuates a lot. I, 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 sometimes I just get so far backed up on putting, data into the spreadsheet that it doesn't it doesn't give me enough time to talk about the movies I'm seeing on Twitter and so on and so on and so forth. So that's that one's a work in progress. The other uh, iTunes related one is just more of a battle of attrition as I guess as I guess you could say. So that being said, um, if you have any thoughts on Rotten Tomatoes, Feel free to uh, let me know what you think about this change. I am very in favor for of it. Uh, I think it'll lead to a lot of good things to come and a much more, um, hopefully, accurate Rotten Tomatoes scores for movies in the future. Because lately, I feel like they've been real bad. So uh, that hopefully turns around. However... Uh, we also have a main review for today's episode, uh, and that is the movie Puzzle, as I mentioned. Puzzle is a 2018 movie. It is out in limited release right now, and uh, I'm going to talk about it. I saw it yesterday. It is directed by Mark Turtletaub. This is uh, the only film of his I've seen. The other film he's credited as, as having directed is a movie called God's Behaving Badly, which I'm not aware of, but it starred... Sharon Stone, Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken, Rosie Perez, John Turturro, and Oliver Platt. So that is a pretty big, uh, pretty nice cast list right there. Um, and only 10 people saw it, according to Letterboxd. So I don't know what happened with that one. Anyway, uh, Puzzle stars Kelly McDonald as a housewife, a suburban mother who is a little down on her luck. Uh, she's kind of stuck in a rut. She has no ambition. She has no passion. 
and she cooks and cleans and all this. The opening scene is her cleaning and followed by her preparing a cake for a birthday party, which we discover is actually her birthday. So even on her birthday, she is doing all of the work. And uh, that's kind of disappointing, um, unfortunately. However, one of the gifts she is given on her birthday for her party is a jigsaw puzzle, a 1,000-piece orange map of the world, uh, which looks very daunting. And the next day, she opens it up and decides to do it and does. Uh, We don't know exactly how long it takes. The movie plays kind of fast and loose with time. But then uh, she ends up ruining the puzzle and putting it all back in the box and does some errands, comes back and does the puzzle again. And suddenly she develops this affinity and desire to do puzzles and she contacts the gift giver and tracks down the store where the puzzle was purchased to buy more puzzles she encounters an ad looking for a puzzle partner which she ultimately contacts and this is our co our our supporting player Irfan Khan Uh, Irfan Khan who is a wealthy independent widower no, widower is not uh, not widower. Um, she his wife didn't die. She just left him. Uh, whatever the term for that is, uh, he is a master puzzle make puzzle solver, and uh, his ex wife was his partner, and he is in need of a new partner. Uh, Agnes Kelly McDonald answers his uh, ad, and um, they start puzzling together and they he quickly realizes that she is a fantastic puzzler and and so on and so forth and developing a bond and and you know you get the idea meanwhile back at home uh she has uh her husband david denman who you probably recognize as pam's husband from the office before jim uh he is yeah he is the husband in this uh, they have two sons who are kind of the worst, actually. I think her sons, at least for the most of the movie, are like the worst people ever. And that's it. It's pretty much those five characters. And you're dealing with these relationship issues between Kelly McDonald and David Denman at home. You're dealing with parenting issues and, and lack of communication throughout the whole thing. And then you have this side story of Kelly McDonald and Irfan Khan puzzling and slowly opening up to each other and slowly starting to kind of come to terms with each other and recognize who each other is and, and appreciate this side of each other that no someone else no one else really ever appreciated. And this is a interesting dynamic. This is a, a fascinating dynamic to display because what what ultimately ends up happening here is you get uh, the, the the things that McDonald has spent, you know, 20 some years uh, tolerating and living with uh, at home are st- start to, you know, completely destroy her in every single way. She becomes more 
agitated. She is more hostile. She is uh, getting upset over things that she, you know, we see earliest in the movie not upsetting her, and so on and so forth. And so, and what ends up happening is that she's really trying to reconsider what her life is and what she wants out of life and what makes her happy and what she hopes to achieve and she finally has a real passion and there's a fantastic scene uh it's a conversation she has with her husband and she asks him uh what if you ever think about you know life if we hadn't met or if we had met years after we did and his response is not a a bad one or a mean one he kind of says you know, I couldn't, I can't, I, I, you know, I, I, he loves her so much, and, you know, he, he's so appreciative of her, and what she's done, and, you know, he can't imagine her not being there, and, uh, she kind of, you know, thinks about how she asks him if, you know, if he wished to go into college, and he says, I don't think I would have ever liked to go to college, I'm, you know, I work, all the time, and and I need to help support the family, and she's like, oh, I wish I could have gone to college, I think I would have majored in math, and he just kind of gives her this look like, that's cute, which is icky, and, you know, she kind of storms away, and, you know, turns the light off on him while he's still in the bathroom, and you get, it's, it's just this, like, microcosm of, you know, she's having these grandiose dreams, these, these, realizations now having become this having recognized her affinity for puzzling and and you know the way that it kind of settles down her brain and how much more potential and more um potential potential is good how much more potential she had as a person and and maybe there was more to her that she could have done with her life and she could have gone to college and she could have you know this 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 so on and so forth uh, however far down the li- uh down the trail that leads and yet all around her you know at least with her husband she sees uh stagnation and his you know happiness with the status quo you know he expects things to stay the same which is he goes to work he comes home dinner is ready you know kelly mcdonald went to the grocery store she did the laundry this 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 he brought home he did all the work at out of the house he brought home money for the house yada 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 and you know i i'm sure that there are people who would be happy in Kelly McDonald's position in the world, in in that situation, but I think in this era, in this day and age, the vast majority of people would not be happy in that role, Um, especially insofar as she doesn't have, outside of before puzzling and ignoring the puzzling side of things, she does not have any drive any any ambition any you know she she does she's not trying she doesn't she's not happy and that's depressing uh and hopefully that you know you were hoping watching this movie that that'll change that something will will change and then boom puzzling comes along and her relationship with Irfan Khan is brilliant 
I, I love the relationship that they have. I think it's it's fascinating. It, it starts out very coy, and you know she's just there to puzzle. She just wants to puzzle. Uh, they they pause during one of the first sessions, and you know he's having tea, and he's asking her all these questions, and she's like, "You just keep asking me these questions," and he kind of looks at her like, "Well, that's how you get to know somebody." And uh, she says, "Well, I haven't been asking you any questions," and he says, "Well." then ask me some, uh, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. So uh, it just, it just, it's this really funny uh, combination of, of, you know, he is, you know, he made all his money as a single invention he made, he had years and years ago. And now he just kind of doesn't do anything. It just kind of comes in. And she is, and so, you know, he had a passion when he was younger, lost it, and now, you know, he's looking for something else to to ignite it. And she never really had a passion, uh, as far as we're led to believe in the film, and has just discovered it and wants to see just how far it'll take. And it's this interesting parallel and mirrored situation between these two characters who are using each other to reinforce and, and further their own um, desires in that way. And obviously, you know, it's a movie, so there are trials and tribulations along the way, there are speed bumps, there are, are obstacles to overcome, but that's kind of the gist of things. It's it's about mostly Kelly McDonald trying to re, 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 recapture uh, a life that she she feels might have slipped her slipped past her, and Irfan Khan is trying to rekindle a fire that he used to have as a kid. And uh, meanwhile, at home, you have David Denman, who is is struggling with, you know, not following in the footsteps of his father. And their kids are trying to be them their own selves and do them do what they want to do. And 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 so. It's a lot of family drama. It's a lot of um, personal drama. And most of the movie, I think, is fine. It's good. You know, it's not breaking any barriers. It's not knocking anything down. But it is certainly uh, providing a, a, a an adorable lead character who isn't infallible, whose affinity for puzzles does not make her perfect uh, she is far from perfect uh, in this movie, and I think that makes her all the more endearing because she's realizing something that that is wrong and deciding to fix it. And I think we all kind of have that feeling inside of ourselves, like you know, maybe something isn't the worst situation, but maybe it's you know a situation that we know or think could be better and we want it to be and it takes and you know if you've lived with this situation that isn't better for a long period of time it's not easy to to take that step and to make that adjustment and i and that's kind of what this movie is about is 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 it worth that change can you how how much how deep can you go into this new direction before you have to abandon the old life and 
maybe you don't ever have to. Maybe it's something that needs to be abandoned at the onset. Maybe you know, maybe you can afford to to dabble for a while before it it really overtakes you and over overwhelms you. And the movie tries to understand that and tries to reason that question out. And I think for the most part, it does a decent job. It's not great. Uh, I think the movie is largely okay and has, you know, I have a lot of problems with uh, the kids of the movie. I think uh, I mentioned that they were kind of the worst. And I mean that as far as like who their characters are, but also some of, there's this really awkward scene um, made mostly awkward by uh, Bubba Weiler, who plays Ziggy, um, between him and Kelly McDonald at uh, the mechanic garage. And I just, I thought he was so weird in that uh, I think the dynamic between the kids and Kelly McDonald, it doesn't feel like she's their mother when in a handful of scenes, which is very strange. Not that I think that they're on the same page, but I just think she feels less like a mother and more like just a friend. And we never really get that. And and yet the other times where she does feel like a mother, she's like not their friend at all. And so it's this really strange uh, uh, dynamic that doesn't really uh, make sense with itself. So there's definitely some issues that the movie has. I think it, it struggles a lot of places, uh, mostly at the home with at home. But the scenes with Irfan Khan are great. That that side of the movie is very, very good. And yeah, it, it makes makes you want to do puzzles. I don't think I I can't remember the last time I did a puzzle, but puzzle makes you want to puzzle. And uh, that's not a puzzle at all. So um yeah, puzzle. So uh, all in all, everything together, uh, I gave this movie a 54, so slightly above a- a- absolute average, and I'm pretty good with that. I think that's about where I want it to be. Uh, so like that puts it on par with Ready Player One, which complete other spectrum, but uh, other side of the spectrum. But that's that's puzzle. So that's that's it though. Uh, no spoilers, um, you know, it's a nice, quiet, little indie movie that um, I, I think is still worth seeing, you know, I think it, it ha- if you, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, if you want to, if you feel like you're in a situation like this that it's worth seeing, but I think uh, if the question ever came up that, you know, am, is this the best thing for me? Uh, this movie explores that, and, and I think it does it in a well-constructed manner, and I think that side of the movie is not the problem. It's it's a lot of the other things in the movie that are the problem. Um, and Kelly McDonald is is absolutely adorable. She is she is fantastic as the lead. Irfan Khan is great as uh, the the puzzle partner in the film, and um, yeah, it's it's a pretty cute movie, all things told. So. That's about it for today's episode. Uh, I want to thank you for listening, if you made it this far. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you can do so uh, on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or through email, circlefilm at gmail.com. 
to talk about Puzzle or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever you'd like. If you would like to check out more episodes, uh, more statistics, more things related to the website uh, and and to me, the spreadsheet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com. And if you would like to support the show for as little as eight cents an episode, you can do so on patreon.com slash circle of film. And uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she 